It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> you are listening to the best of the back row. It's time for five random facts. Mo, hit us. Alright, number one, consuming just 15 milligrams of elemental tellurium. Tellurium? Tellurium, I think. All right. Can cause your... I almost said sweet. Can cause (laughs) your sweat and breath to smell like garlic for months. Months. Just 15 milligrams. That's all it takes. Mm. Well then, if you want to keep the vampires away. (laughs) Or just society in general. If you want to be by yourself for a while. That's a good way to do it. (laughs) Also, Bill Gates has more dollars than you have seconds left in your life. And for that to be that broad of a fact, it has to apply to basically he has more money than the average human person has seconds from birth to death. That's crazy. So, (laughs) but does that mean if someone was born right now? That's what I'm thinking. What? He'd still have more dollars. He needs to share some of that with me. Like, for real, all that I need is like, right, right, 350. That's all that I need. 50k one just one million one million for everybody we'll all be fine you'll still have plenty of money obviously he'll still have lots (laughs) uh leonardo dicaprio and kobe bryant have the same amount of oscars (laughs) poor leo (laughs) poor leo that uh he's he deserves so much better he does i will agree with that had to go out and eat an actual organ on camera in order to win that that what was that for um, I don't remember the name of it, but he was like in the wilderness in the snow, whatever. And he had to fight. I think it was a bear and he actually ate like a bear's liver or something. That's disgusting. For it, like bit into it and chewed and everything and threw up after, I think. And he finally won the Oscar. <laughs> wow. That's sad. Yep. Leo, he was like the... The actor of our time. Absolutely. I feel like. As soon as Titanic hit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was in stuff before that, but Titanic was the... Pfft, he's, yeah. the he's the top dog for yep. a while. Yeah. Um, in Texas, two people can legally settle a dispute by fighting as long as they don't seriously injure or kill one another. See, I like that. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like that's the only way. You just need to put someone in their place. In marriage. <laughs> well, no, not in marriage. That's how Chris and I settle all of our disputes. We drive to, te- drive to Texas. We drive the 15 minutes across the state line and we just duke it out right there in the middle of the Allsup's parking lot. Netflix is now hiring someone to binge watch TV shows and movies, then categorize and rate them. That's my new job. That's fantastic. That's, that's another one of those wonderful jobs. Yep, that's what I'm going to be doing. Did you hear? Did you hear that Netflix bought Albuquerque Studios I did not. in New what Mexico? Is Albuquerque Studios. That's their own movie production company. Really? Yeah, that's where they. That's where they filmed. Uh, 
Breaking Bad out of and a lot of other Long Longmire, some of the Avengers. Really? Yeah, this kind of stuff. Very uh, cool. Thor, Thor was one of them that Very used. Cool. Yeah, so I mean they they bought the whole studio and they're going to be producing a lot of junk there. Isn't that That's fantastic? Awesome. Yeah. That's great. New, New Mexico has largely tried to become a big movie production town. Has it really? Or I mean, you know, state. State. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had a movie film here I in know. Columbus. I know. And uh, it's a good one. Hell, Hell or High, High Water. Water. Yeah. yeah. With uh, Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I almost said Bo Bridges. And that's, no. I mean, it's his brother. But Is it his brother? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's his brother. Pretty sure they're related. But Bo's more TV. Jeff is more blockbuster hits. No idea. <laughs> but yeah, Weren't yeah. some of the Transformers filmed at White Sands? Transformers. Yeah, I think maybe. In the, for the second movie, yeah, was yeah. it Transformers? Is am I thinking of that right? I don't know. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. He was Transformers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With Bumblebee. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. What happened to Shia? Shia. We miss even Stevens. Right. We don't need this weird, artistic Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> but but he's a Christian now, right? Uh, is he? He might fall into that category that we talked about earlier. He's one of those new age. The new age <laughs> no. Christians. He, he I don't made, know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I really know. felt that he took a stand like a year, maybe two years ago for Christianity. I I'm pretty don't sure he did. remember this at all. <laughs> I really think he did. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word on it. <laughs> all right. Whatever. Whatever. Artist updates. <clears throat> Lauren Daigle went to prison. What? Over the weekend. <laughs> She shared a series of Instagram videos while performing for inmates at Statesville Correctional Prison two weekends ago. Lauren shared, uh, she shared, it was a day my eyes had never seen and will never be able to unsee. We sang songs with inmates whose voices carried deeper into our hearts than the echo of a microphone will ever release. I saw hope in the face of the hopeless, joy in the wake of sorrow, wealth in the gap of depravity, and life in the midst of death. With each day that passes, may I never take for granted what what it is to walk around as a free woman. Mm. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last week, <laughs> last week when the front man for Need to Breathe, Bear Reinhardt, shook hands with fans as he passed by, it was too much for one young lady to take, who upon competition or competition, uh, completion uh, of the handshake promptly passed out and oh collapsed onto the floor. Reportedly, she's fine. She just needed to breathe. <laughs> How funny! I is saw that? the video. It was it was immediate. Like shook hand, the whole hand going up to the forehead thing. Like you know what? The, and she just gunk right onto the floor. No way. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. It was great. Well. All right. So a school district in Massachusetts will no longer allow prayer at its school-sponsored events in order to appease one of the nation's leading atheist groups. Uh, Last month, Canton Public Schools Superintendent Jennifer Fisher Mueller Mueller, Mm -hmm. 
uh, informed the Wisconsin-based Freedom From Religion Foundation that steps have been taken to ensure that there will be no prayers or religious rituals included as part of any school ceremony or school-sponsored event, including graduation ceremonies, where typically those still tend to have a benediction or whatever as a part of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've kind of been immune to the no prayer in public schools thing. But now it's just... These, the way these atheist group operate is that they don't wait for anyone to complain. They specifically just go kind of town by town and send someone in to see if they're doing this kind of stuff and then file a lawsuit on behalf of everybody, most of which none of whom have said anything. So we don't need to talk about <laughs> our town on, on the radio, right? Because right? I don't want for it to be like, I don't want to put us on the map. <laughs> this this a similar group went to Las Cruces here in New Mexico uh-huh. demanding that they change the city's logo which features three crosses on it despite the fact that Las Cruces means the crosses they, <laughs> they demanded it saying you are imposing your religion on this entire town by having your city seal have did, three crosses Did it on. work? No, I don't think it worked. Okay. Thank goodness. But I, I kind just, of feel like, like... It's petty stuff. It, it really is, is petty. It is petty. And there are so many other places that someone could live, speaking Las Cruces in general. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to live in a town that has three crosses on its town logo, <laughs> move. Don't live in a town called the crosses. Right? <laughs> just move. It, but, um... So, I mean, like, where do you stand on on the prayer in public school issue? Like, currently, even with this, the only way that prayer would be allowed is if it was completely 100 student-led, like a see you at the poll type thing Mm -hmm. like we had a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Meaning, no adult from the school can be, not even, you know, leading it, they're not even supposed to be present when that kind of stuff happens because it makes it look like it's school sponsored. Mm-hmm. Is it too much? Is it respecting everybody else? I mean, I don't want to force people who aren't believers to have to sit through all these different prayers, but is it too much to have it at the graduation ceremony? So last year when um it was our first year having a middle schooler mm-hmm. okay um and we went to Topher's award ceremony and it was the like a big ordeal i didn't realize how big an award ceremony is at a middle school but they had a little girl come up she was part of the student body you know yeah. um or the student council sorry um she came up and gave a prayer and in this prayer she father god our Savior Jesus Christ, and she went all out yeah. and used all the big words. And I, at the end of the prayer, well, during the prayer, I'm going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in my head, like, get it, girl. <laughs> Bring it home. You I'm got surprised, it. I'm surprised it was in your head, given who you are. <laughs> well, and then she says, yes. <laughs> she says, amen, and I may have been the only one to say amen. <laughs> so in that moment i was so proud of her she was an eighth grader yeah didn't know her but i was so proud of her boldness and her willingness to proclaim 
right. the name of God and the name of Jesus in school. And at the same time, I was so proud of our administrators at that middle school for allowing her that right and opportunity. However, there are other students in our school of other religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I know this because there are certain um, attire yeah. that some religions wear. And I can see the students and the parents in the auditorium wearing that attire. And a part of me kind of thinks... If I was of that religion, I would feel completely disrespected in this moment. Right. Or at know? least left out, if nothing else. Absolutely. Yeah. And if I, I, I would like to say that if that were me, I would be absolutely okay with you praying to your God and to Jesus, but give me the opportunity to allow my prayer as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think I remember probably within Kevin's first year being a pastor here. Uh, it was brought up prayer in public schools and whether or not we should have the religion in schools mm-hmm. and, you know, the opportunity to discuss these things. And his standpoint was, go ahead. Let's talk about it. Let's bring it up. Let's have these hard discussions and these hard topics, because at the end of the day, the truth will always prevail. At the end of the day, one name remains the same, and that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where I stand on it. I'm I want for my kids to be exposed to it. I want for my kids to know that there are other beliefs out there, that their friends don't go to church the way that we go to church. They don't believe the way that we believe. They have their own beliefs. But at the end of the day, there is only one true God. Right. See, I think, though I think they believe what they're doing is right, Mm -hmm. the groups like Freedom From Religion, uh, I think they have it backwards. I don't think we should be taking all religion out of schools because mainly this just means take Christianity out of schools. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. Folks. Honestly. Yeah. What we should be doing is so, you know, honoring, not, not, and yeah, honoring and respecting all the different religions, Absolutely. giving everybody, you know, to to try and remove religion as a whole from our education system and from our society is to crap on, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Our entire, uh, oh gosh, what am I trying to say? The the way we have developed our society. Oh yeah, yeah. As America uh, as a of nation is the melting pot of everything. Yeah. yeah, it's just to try and wipe out an entire philosophical wing of who we are, mm-hmm. just because there are some people out there that ascribe to no religion and don't want to hear about it. Yeah, and that's. See, and Matt, when we were in school, I I grew up learning about Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and Christmas. Mm-hmm. We learned and took educational moments on all three of those holidays. Whether Kwan- I Kwanzaa Hanukkahmas or whatever Kwanzaa Hanukkahmas, <laughs> um, but that was their way during our generation of honoring and respecting each belief, understanding that not everybody believes and celebrates Christmas, Mm -hmm. but, you know, these are the other two big Christmas-like holidays, things that are celebrated at the same time, time. you know? And I feel like, why isn't religion treated the same? Right. Why can't can't we celebrate all, learn about all, at least to a degree? It doesn't have to permeate every single aspect of school, but we should learn about them. They're, They're... They're such a big part of our culture. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. So, 
Yeah. So like I, I would support maybe either like we'll use a graduation ceremony, for example. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I have a specific example in mind. I don't remember all the details, but I do know the main part. I would support not having a prayer uh, at all at a, at the, at a graduation ceremony or having multiple prayers for Mm -hmm. the main religions or whatnot. But the problem that I have is that they also go after like students the people that have been given like valedictorian or, mm-hmm. or salutatorian or whoever gets the opportunity to speak yeah. and share their experience. Yeah. And a lot of these people, their experience involves faith. Mm-hmm. And their groups like this will file lawsuits against the school if they let the student bring up their faith as a part of what got them to this place at all. Yeah. And that's just not right. Agreed. That's that's attacking a person, not mm-hmm. a religion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more inclusiveness is always good. Um, I guess it's someone, it's his day to weedy. Someone is weed eating right outside <laughs> our studio window here. Um, goodness. Okay. Dang it! I had another thought, and now Sorry. I've lost it. I've lost. It's not your fault. You're not weed eating. <laughs> You're not Craig I, T. Weed eater over there. Right. I do feel like, though, if we could, if we could open up our, not only our eyes and our mind, but our arms, you know, mm-hmm. to just welcome more people in, to not be so fearful of, well, what if my child gets this thought in their mind? What if my child hears this? You know what? What if your child hears about it? All right. What if? It exists. Exactly. Eventually, one day they will. Exactly. So why not, as formidable young minds, expose them to it and then allow them to come home and have a sit-down conversation with you while they're still under your care and your watch and your home and and explain, you know, this is how some people believe, but this is how we believe. Mm -hmm. And this is why we believe this. You know, bringing it back to the Bible and truly showing them what God's word has to offer. Now, and when I was in school here, uh, we still stood and said the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Mm-hmm. And you don't do that anymore either. Now, do we still do it here? We, we might do still do here. it here. Yeah. Okay, but at largely, mm-hmm. schools don't do that anymore for the same reason. Now it's bad to be proud and loyal to our country. Mm-hmm. So we can't do that. Yeah. So school used to start with a prayer and a pledge, and now there's neither of them. Yeah. For... The same yet different reasons, mm-hmm. both religion problems and political problems. And I just don't see it being beneficial. Yeah. How many years has this been going on now? It's not beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> see, and what I think, so I had to take a step back when I put the kids in public school and I came to the first assembly where they they did the Pledge of Allegiance and then they do the pledge to the New Mexico flag. Mm. And... I had no idea what that pledge was. Never heard it. Uh, Still have my right hand over my heart. But apparently you're supposed to have your hand open, out and open, to say the, what is it? What? The friendship. The Zia. Oh. The pledge to the New Mexico state flag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm standing there like a fool. I'm pretty sure I still have my right heart. Your right heart? heart. My right heart. Are you a time lord? (laughs) Do you have two hearts? (laughs) I do. Um, and I'm standing there thinking, my kids don't know this. 
My kids aren't from New Mexico. <laughs> Why do they have to pledge to the New Mexico flag? This isn't their home state. <laughs> and that whole, is that cynical? Is that what cynical? Sounds like, yeah, cynicism. Okay. So that whole cynical side of me really had to be reined in and had to go, you know what? Good for them for learning. Right, yeah. Another state Part of their pledge. culture, yeah. You know, when they grow up and they tell their story of the places that they've lived, New Mexico is a part of their story. Yeah. And for them to know that state pledge that, okay, people, <laughs> this is all a part of your children's story. You never know what's going to touch them and affect them or impact them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Let's not be so cynical. And I am pointing the finger at myself. So basically what we're saying is everyone needs to get the stick out of their butts. And just enjoy this melting pot culture that we have here in America. We want to be more inclusive. Let's be more inclusive. To everyone. Yes. Gracious. Yep. You're listening to the best of the back row. Here's the news, Mo. All right, bring it to me. Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen celebrated the opening of its 3,000th store. Wow. With a special menu item chicken wings dipped in gold. Oh my goodness, you kind of sounded like the. That's what I was going for. The Popeye's person. Oh no. I was going for the dude from the third Austin Powers movie which I can't name oh. no I would never <laughs> reference those movies oh you're so above it all I am did you really not watch Austin Powers movies I really didn't no I watched one of them I don't remember I feel like they would have been up your alley nah uh, okay well whichever one where he goes one million dollars that's the only one that I ever watched he pretty much did that in every one of them or oh. something similar to that in every one of them anyway Okay. The third one had a gold-loving uh, 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 villain in it, and he would say it like that. Gold! Oh, okay, yeah. I love gold! <laughs> anyway, the chicken chain announced the 24-carat champagne wings. Chicken wings battered in champagne and covered with 24-carat gold flakes oh are available at select stores nationwide. The locations serving up the opulent poultry include the Elizabeth, New Jersey location, which officially became the change 3000 store when it opened in August. The eatery said it is considering serving the $10 gold wings at more locations if the promotion proves popular. Basically, if you're eating something that is covered with gold flakes, you are essentially just buying the the opportunity to poop gold. Because your body doesn't process any of the gold. There's nothing to take out. Gold itself is pure. That's how it makes... You know, that's how it is gold. Uh, they, they burn all the dross and grow stuff out of it. So there's nothing for your body to take from gold. There's no vitamin G that comes out of it. So you just have gold flakes in your leavings. I feel <laughs> like there's going to be a lot of pictures of gold speckled but this is something this is something though that people who make a lot of money and can afford to buy stuff this is something that they do like there are expensive expensive meals out there i've seen it on like worth it i've seen it on good mythical morning 
where like there's a donut that's like a hundred dollars and it's just covered in all this gold stuff. There's a pizza covered in gold flakes. I don't feel Rich like people, that's okay to no. eat gold. Rich people seriously just buy food covered in gold so they so can, they can poop walk gold. around saying I crap gold. Right. What's I'm your so superpower? rich. I poop gold. Yeah. That's dumb. That's where we're at in society. Get yourself a, a gold. <laughs> get yourself a gold toilet so then you can say I poop on that's, gold. That's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a uh, Donald Trump has a solid gold bathroom. The entire bathroom is gold, oh including the toilet. <laughs> and that's not hearsay and conjecture. I've seen it. It's real. Not, you've, not, you've like been with there? my eyes, but I mean they've taken photos. It's a real thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Two years ago, Emily Turner quit her job as a US housing and urban development attorney to open a grilled cheese restaurant. Turner who worked on prisoner reentry, housing segregation, and fair housing, was frustrated about not feeling like a part of the solution. The restaurant was a new way to fight for justice. To get a job at the nonprofit restaurant, you need a criminal record. Wow. On Mondays, when the restaurant closes, employees take classes in entrepreneurship and law. Good for Emily Turner. That is fantastic. Way. There are too to the many, too many businesses who don't give chances to people with criminal records at mm-hmm. all. Even like one-time offenders for nonviolent stuff. Uh, heaven forbid you shoplifted something because you'll never get a job in any place that involves handling money. Mm-hmm. And that that's, that's so rough. You can, you can destroy your entire future career, at least usually at least for like seven years anyway, before it can get expunged from your record. Most things, uh, where you don't have to report it um, when you fill out an application. But yeah, it, it's rough. So anybody that has a criminal record that's trying to get their life back on track, you can see why it's easy for them to fall back into their bad habits. Oh, yeah. Especially people you know, like drug dealers and stuff like that who want to go legit and can't. Yep. So the only way they can make money is the only thing that they know how to do. Fall back into bad habits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, if you are a business owner, take a chance. It might not work out. You might have to eat a couple bucks if they wind up being a thief and walk away. But at least you did the right thing. At least you gave them a shot. Oh, yeah. Give people second chances. We need to be a second chance society like this this lady right here, Emily mm-hmm. Turner. Proud of you, Emily. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. All right. Have you heard about this? I haven't. The Mormon church doesn't want to be called Mormons anymore. They want to just be called the Latter-day Saints. Okay, that's not the church, though. That's the No, 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 I know. No, but I mean oh. the whole church. So the story right here is the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, which has been the question that's been brought up because mm. this thing is decades old. Okay. The Mormon Tabernacle Choir has announced that they are changing their name in response to an order from the head of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The choir announced Friday that they will now be known as the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. In response to a statement issued by the LDS Church in August regarding the discontinuing of the use of the term Mormon. In August, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, President Russell M. Nelson announced that they would no longer use shortened names like Mormon and LDS Church to identify themselves. Hmm. So number one, I'm not going to stop calling them Mormon. Because saying Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is too long. That's why you say LDS. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that either. Mormon. 
They came up with Mormon. Why don't you want to use Mormon anymore? I'm curious. Are they changing the book? Because it's the Book of Mormon. I have not even thought of that. I'm going to look it up. So I'm I'm curious, are they changing? But see, the Mormon, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir has albums, like so many albums um, with that name. Are they going to re-release all their albums with the new name? <clears throat> Still using the word Mormon. Uh, but yeah, it's weird. So stop calling. Let's see. Stop saying Mormon. Okay, so there are exceptions listed. The exceptions listed are for the Book of Mormon, which mm-hmm. is their main religious text. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, where's that? I lost it. Dang it. I hate it when a page loads all the text and then it loads a thousand ads in between. Oh, that's And so you've already started reading. Mm -hmm. And anyway, it did exclude. Oh, there it is. Acceptance of the Book of Mormon and historical names like the Mormon Trail, a government recognized path that members of the church took from Illinois to Utah in the mid 19th century. So that's strange. Hmm. Uh, I have a friend from (coughs) elementary school who is Mormon. And so I'm like, scrolling through her instagram now to yeah. see if uh any of her recent posts say mormon or lds right i'm just curious are they monitoring them are they going to get in trouble if I, they keep using it i don't know matt i don't know this is a touchy subject that i'm kind of uncomfortable about getting into <laughs> um i know quite a few mormon people they're genuinely wonderful folk they are um, they're just and the church itself Honestly, I might get in trouble for this too. Church itself does a lot of amazing things that we would be keen on doing ourselves. Um, like ministry-wise, outreach-wise things. Not necessarily everything, but there are a couple things that they do really well. Uh, I don't have this. There's one specific example, but I don't have enough of it in my brain to do justice in telling it. But it has to do with... Uh, like building houses and stuff mm. like that, that they're they're doing a far better job sort than of like any Christian group does. Something like that, sort of thing. <sighs> Something like that, and the way that they, yeah, I don't remember. Have you ever been anyway. to a Mormon service? Uh, no, I've been into a Mormon church, mm-hmm. but not into an actual service. Yeah, is it weird? I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. Someone who's grown up Baptist their whole life. Exactly. If they go to a Catholic church, they're going to think the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> this is a little strange. And honestly, I I, th- I feel like there are a lot of comparisons to Mormonism and Catholicism. So you might feel right at home in a Mormon church. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. I haven't been in a Catholic church in almost Yeah, but it still feels 15 like years. home when you go into it, well, when you've grown guess, up there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. If I walked into it like with my wife, I'd be telling her what to do. Yeah. And we're like, so now you kneel before you enter the pew. Yeah. And you p- do the sign of the cross. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, we've only gone to my home church, the church that I grew up in, mm-hmm. once since Chris and I have been married. But when I watch them, you know, they lime, str- lime stream. Lime stream. Live stream all their services. So when I watch them online and Chris is like, uh, what are they doing? they lime stream all their citruses oh goodness all right so yesterday we were talking about gossip 
and how uh, damaging spreading rumors can be in our churches. Today, we're coming at it from another issue, not spreading secrets, but instead keeping them locked up inside Mm. uh, within our families or within ourselves and wearing a mask to cover it up. So I think it's safe to say that our churches are filled to the brim with hurting people. But even when you ask people you may have known for decades in the church how they're doing, they reply with fine. It's all good. Or even the more pretentious, I'm blessed and highly favored. (laughs) Uh, That drives me nuts. Those people particularly, I want to go, okay, but how are you? But really. I just, I don't understand how church culture became like this in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, why did it become a place where, you know, when it was initially set up and Jesus was explaining how we're supposed to act together, we're supposed to pray for each other and confess our sins to each other so that yeah. we'll find healing. And it got to the point where we're all fine. Yep. You know, let's pray for other people. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fault lies in all of us. Those, those asking how are you doing? Don't really want to know. And those with issues don't really want to share it. Okay, but for I the really most do part. want to know. For the most part, though. And I mean, there there are times on a Sunday when I ask, how are you doing? But if they actually start telling me how they're doing, I'm going to be late to start the service. You're thinking, <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, God, please don't really tell me anything serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, well, I'm having a hard time. And they're like, whoa, that's not how we do things here. <laughs> You and say, I, I'm good. How are you? I say, I'm away. good too. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I know that I'm like, uh, I, I'm, I need to be somewhere or I need to get something done, I purposely will not say, don't, uh, don't ask that question. Doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good morning. It's good to see you. Glad you're here. Never. How are you? <laughs> I don't ask that question anymore without being willing to hear the honest answer. Right. All right. Uh, so it really boils down to kind of this this selfish mentality that a lot of us have. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I know that I fall into this mentality a lot. Uh, I'm very introverted. If I'm coming into a deep conversation, I need time to prepare. So if we're if I were to ask someone how they're doing and they sat me down and got real and laid out some of the heavy stuff that they were dealing with, I would have a hard time responding. Mm-hmm. I would just kind of, that's rough. <laughs> and sometimes that's all people need. Exactly. But sometimes if they're willing to to spew all that out, they're looking for advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on the person. depends on the situation. File this uh, away for right. later. This so is where you say. If you, right. If you send me that stuff in an email, give me an hour or two to process it, I can crank out a really good response and say something pretty helpful. But if I'm in the moment, mm -mm. Uh, so because of that fear that I have, I tend to shy away from greeting people at all at church, which I'm just now starting to come back out of, Mm. like, because my pastor's making me say hi to new people. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome these new people. I can't get them all, guys. We had seven new families in our very small church this past Sunday. That's awesome. And it was ridiculously hard to say I don't. You know, and that's something uh, that in our last church, when we were in Italy, that's something that the pastor asked me to do. Mm-hmm. Can you please just, if you see a new family, introduce yourself and get to know them. I had to try and remember all those people's names. Yeah, forget it. And had to try and remember if they had been there the week before. Yeah. 
And what's really crappy is when I haven't been there for a couple weeks and then I walk up to the new person and they've been there for those couple weeks. And I'm like, we're so glad to have you this morning. And they're like, yeah, I've been here for a month now. They're like, oh, I thought you were new. (laughs) (laughs) I was coming to welcome you to our church. (laughs) Oh, man. That's not your family. Y'all never miss church that long. Never. So the hypothetical I have is, what if our church was a church without masks? Uh, so I, we bring up Celebrate Recovery, of course, uh, as we like to do as often as we can. Uh, so for those of you listening, Celebrate Recovery is a faith-based 12-step program for all hurts, habits, and hangups. And one of the things I love about the program is that the first thing it kind of forces you to do is remove your mask. When you introduce yourself, uh, which you have to do before you talk every single time, you say, Hi, my name is Blank, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with this, this, and this. You have to, at least partially, be real in front of everybody, mm-hmm. no less. For, for new people, that's extremely uncomfortable. But the longer you stay there, the longer you admit your struggles, the more comfortable you become and the more others become comfortable with you. But because we all know what we're all struggling with and that we're all struggling with something, uh, it's so much different when you're open about it like that. Yeah. It's freeing, even. You're being able to be vulnerable in a way that you don't let yourself be vulnerable any other time throughout the week uh in that meeting is is burden releasing mm-hmm. i mean it, it puts it takes weight off your shoulders yeah and i feel like i feel like i don't know if that would work in our church culture today the way we want it to it wouldn't yeah cuz we might be more empathetic but we would also have far less attendance <laughs> i think because people aren't ready to be that way. Yeah. We, we're in a society now where we want to be self-protecting. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's ready to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a little bit frightens us. Um, well, and I think that there's a long-standing mindset. It's false, but it's a long-standing mindset that when you go to church, you're in a safe place. And that means safe, clean sober sound-minded religious people right and there are going to be certain people who come to church and when you're open and honest and you say hey i'm struggling with this and they're gonna go whoa they're gonna go why are you here (laughs) i need to leave right you might rub off on me you might rub off on my kids i can't trust you around my husband i can't trust you you know there's gonna be all this and i think that's going to that would probably become a huge divisor, if you will. It would it would just cause all kinds yeah. of division within. Right, because that's the false version that you said, the false narrative that we have that is widely accepted, mm-hmm. when in reality it's supposed to be our church is a safe place, as in this is a place to come and be real before Absolutely. God and others, find encouragement and love and prayer and, yeah. and everybody help each other try to live this life right. And for God, mm-hmm. uh, which has to include admitting our failures and where we're weak. That's why we come together. Yeah. Where I'm weak, you can be strong and we can help each other that way. Vice versa. You know, that's what accountability partners are for. That's what sponsors are for. And uh, it's sad that we even have to make a subculture about that now. Yeah. It's sad that we have to designate someone an accountability partner mm-hmm. because we should all... Absolutely. Feel comfortable even 
making you know being held accountable to everybody else in our church that's what the churches were small groups of people who helped each other be better christians yeah and then spread that outwardly yeah yeah and yeah you're right our modern church culture has just morphed into a uh a factory for pretentiousness. <laughs> it has. Essentially, yeah. It has. And I, I, am I, okay, so I need to ask you a question. You're going to have to go back in your recovery walk a long time, okay? Right. So when you first really started to get this recovery thing and mm-hmm. really started to work it, did you then, like, did it spill over into Sunday morning service or Wednesday night church service and when, like... The way that you are at CR, did that start to happen in Sunday mornings? I actually have a very funny story. Well, not very funny, but it's kind of sad, actually. But it was, it's to me, it's funny because it's very different from myself. But yes, I started the recovery thing. I'd been doing it for about two years. And I got to the point where I was very comfortable mm-hmm. sharing all my problems. Yeah. And so we had this newcomer at the church who happened to stay for some potluck that we had. And so... I'm sitting there uh, talking to the person. Uh, hey, what do you do? And I go, uh, what are you? What's what's your life like? I said, well, I just got out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> and went on this whole very oversharing story for someone who's new to church. We never saw that person again. <laughs> I mean, they were excited enough about the church. They stayed for a fellowship meal. And I let my openness and vulnerability <laughs> just scare the junk out of this person. I'm like, no, we don't need that. And done. We don't need that. <laughs> That's how, and I, I found myself doing the same thing when, you know, fresh into recovery, but really working the program and seeing the effects of it and mm-hmm. seeing the fruit from it. And then somebody would ask me, how are you doing? And I'm like, you know, we're doing great. Chris and I are on the up and up. We're having a great, and they're like, <laughs> wide eyed. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Right. <laughs> so I, I want to be anywhere but here. Right. I began to realize, okay, while this is what church is supposed to be. We're nowhere near this it. This <laughs> isn't what church is. And I got to rein it in a little bit. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, confession is a necessary part of our Christian growth. Uh, like I said, James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It does not say hide all your struggles and be miserable forever until you die a lonely, lonely death. Uh, but I guess you can choose whichever sounds better to you. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but of course, you're not going to change your whole church. But at least find a, make a small group. Get, get a group of people that you can trust and, and put some of this into practice. Oh, it's yeah. it's going to help you. Uh, either way, find a Celebrate Recovery. Go to CelebrateRecovery.com. Get the CR Group Locator uh, button. And there's likely a CR near you. Try that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it helps you grow. It really does. You can stay miserable or you can grow. That's that's basically your two options. Exactly. You can <coughs> Christian- either get bitter yeah. or better. Right. Christianity is not just salvation prayer and you're done. You're supposed to be... Handing that will over to God, too. Not just your life, but your will. And putting him first in all areas of your life. So work on that, folks, as we continue to do so ourselves. You're listening to the best of the back row.
A two-year-old boy's <laughs> obsession with his parents' paper shredder has cost a Utah family more than $1,000 in cash. No! Ben and Jackie Belknap of Holiday has put aside $1,060 in a white envelope to repay Ben's parents for football season tickets to the University of Utah. When the envelope went missing, the parents turned the house upside down trying to find the money. Eventually, they searched the paper shredder bin and found the cash confetti. No! <laughs> and as it turns out, the couple can reclaim the value of the cash, although they did create a painful jigsaw puzzle for someone to work out. If they submit a claim to the U.S. Department of Treasury Bureau of Engraving and Printing, they should be reimbursed anywhere between <laughs> six months and three years from now. Oh, my goodness. I saw a picture of this. It just, it looks like a pile of money spaghetti. It's just all teeny tiny pieces of paper. <laughs> and it wasn't one of those, you know, straight down shreds. Yeah. It was the crisscross shreds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that stinks. I don't know what's worse. I don't I really don't. If you know, them losing their money or having to be the person at the Department of Treasury who puts it all back together. Right. Cuz you have to you have to prove there's at least like 60% of each bill there in order for you to get it exchanged. Mm, yeah. That's a lot. That yeah, that's a lot of puzzle puzzle making. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, that stinks. <laughs> oh, all right, let's talk about gossip. But I don't wanna. Oh, well, we're gonna. Gossip is defined as the inappropriate communication of unflattering, embarrassing, hurtful, or humiliating information about one person to another person where truth is irrelevant. Uh I remember one really tough Sunday at my home church many, many years ago when our pastor at the time told us that the reason our church was basically splitting at that time uh, about how it all stemmed from gossip about the previous pastor. Uh, there was a single mother in the congregation whose car had been had broken down, so the pastor had temporarily lent his car to her so she could get to work and get her kids around. When someone from the church happened to notice the pastor's car at this woman's house overnight and the rumors started to spread that the pastor was having an affair with this woman, this whole church split started to begin. By the time the pastor had heard it, the rumor had already spread across the entire church and solidified in many folks' minds as truth. And so when the pastor explained, half the church believed him, half did not. And that was the start of a split in the church that unfortunately didn't come to an end until a few years later when suddenly the last remaining group of gospers just stopped coming to the church, which included several deacons. It hmm. took it took several more years for that wound to fully heal and the church to begin to grow into the safe place it is now. But I mean, it's uh, gossip is very detrimental. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it actually in this church a few times, but not to this degree to where half the church just up and walks out the same Sunday and they're gone. Yeah. Um, but think about that. All of that ordeal started because a single person saw something, misinterpreted it. And instead of talking to the pastor directly, they just spread it around to everybody else. A false fact, fake news destroyed a church for nearly a decade. So, I had to go back and 
like relook at the details. Yeah. Because, and I don't want like anybody throwing <laughs> tomatoes at me when they see me next or anything. But I really like as you're telling the story, I'm envisioning a little old lady starting the rumor. <laughs> and I, I feel kind of bad about that. <laughs> I can't verify that who who was the original person, but I do know that most of the people that left were elderly. <clears throat> but see, I just envision like, and I was I wasn't here. Well, I don't even know if no. it was Highland. It was Highland, it but was it was Highland. like four pastors ago. Okay, so I wasn't here when this happened. I know zero about the situation, other than the fact that I've heard you talk about it. No, yeah, I was only previously. here for the last two years when it went when the final exodus went down yeah it was basically like two churches at 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 war with each other the whole time in one building that's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah and i just envisioned this little old lady looking out her window one day (laughs) and seeing the pastor's car at her neighbor's house and going oh well pastor john is over there with sally may and i just oh my goodness I don't know what what are we gonna do about this? <laughs> oh man, uh, so I mean, it's easy it's easy for us to point fingers at others, but when I really think about it, I know that I too have been guilty of gossip. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we don't even really realize that we're doing it. Uh, for instance, many of us volunteer with Celebrate Recovery, and uh, I've caught myself talking to other people, saying things like, "Gosh, I'm so glad so and so is here." To hear the message tonight, I know he's been struggling with this issue. Oh man, you know, I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> but in the first few years, I caught myself doing that. And you know what I said came out of a genuine place of concern. I right. wasn't trying to spread any uh, bad juju, Magumbo. But I also just broke the trust of that person that had confided in me by telling someone else's struggle. Yeah. So that's my place, and I have no idea uh, what this other person will do with that information now, you know, well, I give that to someone else and yeah. now they have it. Uh, so have there been times you've had a problem gossiping yourself? Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> You're just going to put me out there. No, I have never gossiped. That is like, that's right. the one sin that I am You're completely right. blameless of. Right. I've, I've never heard you gossip. I know. Ever. I would never spew hateful anything. or untrue information about people to someone else. That's just, it's uncalled for. It's unnecessary. I just, I mean, we need to think before we speak. Is it true? And frank, Is it helpful? Frankly, I'm disappointed in you, Matt. Is it inspiring, for, for necessary, yourself... and kind? Right, Matt? I just, I'm really glad, though, that you are able to be honest and say that you have struggled with it because I just didn't really know how to come to you and confront you with that information. <laughs> um. uh, I don't really need to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, but honestly, I think that it's one of those. Um, and okay. This is something that I'm realizing more and more. When I say gossip is second nature, it just kind of comes easy a lot of times to a lot of people. And you don't even, it's not in a malicious way a lot of times. It's not in, you know, I want to spew this person's information. I want to smear them in the ground and make them look like a bad person. Oftentimes it comes in the vein of a prayer request. (laughs) It does. It does. Um but that just kind of mm. shines light on the fact that our nature is sinful. Yeah. We are sinful by nature. Absolutely. And things that just come easy typically want, aren't right. I want to say naughty by nature. <laughs> We're naughty by nature. Naughty by nature. Um, 
So, yeah, I do. And there was a period of time at CR when I would introduce myself. You know, I'm Megan, gratefully born Jesus, who struggles with gossip. Because there was a time where I was realizing. And it wasn't just people telling me things and then me telling them. Right. Or someone else. Um, it was a matter of having to hear that information, wanting to know the information. That's, that is as well. Oh, like, like. Needing to be updated, yeah. needing to have all the info. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I feel that way too sometimes. I just want to know. Like, what's the whole story? What? Mm-hmm. I did I that missed, with you I yesterday. I something. What was it? I did you that did. with you yesterday not in that the I'm, Facebook Not that message. I'm being nosy. But, <laughs> but uh, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you doing? What are you doing? What's going on? Yeah. What's happening? Um, yeah. And again, not that I went and I was like, hey, guess what Matt's doing tomorrow? But I... <laughs> needed and no one can see me but i'm doing air air quotes quotes. needed to know i even had someone really prick my thoughts once with saying that you know people magazine or the that's gossip that's all that's all it is yeah Yeah. us weekly and Mm -hmm. all that junk it's all about hey here's what's going on in the private lives of celebrities exactly yeah, exactly. They don't want you to know this stuff, and mm-hmm. half of it's not even true. Yep. <laughs> yep. And there was a time where, actually, when that we were in Italy, so it's been close to a decade now. But when that thought was provoked in me, I had a subscription to those magazines, and I was you getting had a them. subscription. They were showing up in your mail. That's what my mother-in-law <laughs> would get me for Christmas. Yeah. She would get me a subscription to a new magazine every year. And actually, I just got a magazine in the mail the other day, and I looked at Chris, and I was like, uh, we might want to talk to your dad, because they may still be taking money out of his bank account for this <laughs> subscription to this magazine, since your mom had passed away almost two years ago. Oh, wow. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but I instantly called my mother-in-law and said, you know what? Maybe we should cancel those gossip magazines and she asked why and i explained my my mindset and you know what i had been convicted of and she thought oh i never would have even considered that but that's so true and (laughs) i guess it's just something that people don't yeah it's it's permeated our entire uh subculture of just this is this is how we handle things especially Mm -hmm. with celebrities this is how celebrities should expect to be talked about and gossiped about because they put themselves on the limelight like, just mm, come on. Not man. true. Don't be gross. Yeah. And that, I mean, <laughs> truthfully, if we're going to say that, if we're going to have that mindset, then that we can say that about everybody. Yeah. I'm within friendships, you know, I'm not in the limelight, if you will. But if I am putting myself out there within a friendship or a relationship, then if we're taking that same mindset of well celebrities should expect to be treated this way okay so our friendships should be expected to be treated this way i'm sharing things with you i'm opening up i'm being honest and kind of being vulnerable with you about certain things you get to see a different side of me so my friends i should expect my friends to gossip about me because i'm do you know what i'm right, saying yeah no i get it that is i don't that's the mindset that we have with celebrities yeah, yeah. they're so uh, we have a list here from the Preacher Study Blog on how to stop ourselves from gossiping. All right, so we got five five things okay. to help. Number one is educate yourself to the harm of gossip, like uh, what we're talking about now. It can be extremely destructive and not even true. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, learn to be a listener. Listen much more than you speak. Don't succumb to the need to fill the conversation with the best story or newest whatever. 
So that's about changing how you react in conversation and in and situation with friends. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be the, well, I got the best story. Did you hear this person? Do you and, know? Go ahead. Yeah, go No, fine. Do you know what I found the best tool for that is? Hmm. Having a radio show. Because you let it all out here. Because I let it all out here, and I do all the talking here. And so, like, when I get home, you've said before, we record Saturdays, do all the recording on one day. When I get home from recording, Chris is like, so what would you guys talk about? I don't know. So much. I'm done. I'm just, yeah. (laughs) I no longer can talk. All my brain cells for, for talking and communicating are done for the week until the following Saturday when I come back in here. So just... Have your own talk show of some sort. You know, get a YouTube channel. Just don't go gossiping on that. Yep. All right. Number three, count to 10. It's a cliche to count to 10 before you say anything, but it really works. It forces you to think about what you're about to say and what kind of damage can be done. So if you've got a story that you're dying to get off your tip of your tongue, sit there, count to 10, reevaluate yourself and what you're about to do. Before you make a mistake. That doesn't mean go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Here we go. Did you hear what Bill did? All right. <laughs> Number four, be aware of when and where you tend to gossip and avoid or prepare for those situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just about planning. And number five, lastly, get an accountability partner if you need extra help. Someone who uh, you give permission to rebuke you when you are slipping up. And this is certainly something that you can go to uh, celebrate recovery for. If you have a, a, for lack of a better term, addiction to gossiping, uh, this could be very beneficial for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, especially an accountability partner. Accountability partners, people that will stab you in the face, not the back. True story. <laughs> but only because they love you. Right. Mm-hmm. Love the true friends stab you in the face. Yeah. So you agree with all those? I do. Makes sense? Uh-huh. 100%. Right. So uh, while we're working on ourselves, what are some ways we think we could discourage gossip in our churches? Some ways to discourage gossip? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, okay. So we're going to cut out all the women's ministry. <laughs> <laughs> no more prayer services where we speak prayers aloud. Right. Um, no more ladies fellowship nights no more ladies lunches no more ladies bathrooms with more than one toilet exactly you have to lock the door one person at a time yeah um unfortunately these are just i mean they're just all opening up doors for for us to fall short of the glory and so i'm we just it's just to... like that Bible verse where if your your left hand causes you to sin cut it off we exactly. just gotta we gotta be desperate about exactly this exactly so yeah. <laughs> if you see if you see a group of ladies con- conversing, go insert yourself in that conversation so that they'll make for it. for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Absolutely. Excuse me, ladies. Yep. What are we talking about here? Stop it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if it's not about how to make a sandwich properly or how. Oh to- my God! <laughs> all right, just so you know, Mo Mo started all those jokes. All right. You're listening to the best of the back row. Hey, Mo. Hey, Matt. You got some five random facts for us? We 
We do, we do. Five random facts. All right, number one, annually, Parker Brothers prints more money from Monopoly than the U.S. government prints for the whole country. More money, more problems. Well, but here's the thing. There's like 15 different kinds of Monopoly now. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a Disney Monopoly and... Oh, there's more than 15. I was going to say, I just pulled 15 I f- I out feel of like, like... I feel like it's closer to 50, maybe 100. Really? You think? Different themed ones. Yeah. That maybe not for sale right now, but that have come out in the last 10 years. Yeah. I still remember I had a Star Wars Monopoly when I was really? a kid. That was fun. There's a Fortnite Monopoly now. Oh, gosh. See, that's the problem. Yeah. There's an anything Monopoly. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob has a Monopoly. Really? Everybody. Ugh. Everybody has a Monopoly. That's dumb. We have the Disney one. The Disney one is fun. Disney Monopoly? Because it's like you're taking over Disney. You can have your own Disney World or Disneyland. It's kind of cool. Are you looking up how many Monopolies there are? I'm looking up to see if there's a list of the dumbest Monopoly ones. Oh. Ooh, there's, a, there's one right now. Here we go. So hold on. Let's do this real quick. Okay. Uh, the 10 dumbest themed Monopoly games. <laughs> okay. FedEx Monopoly. What? <laughs> Bass Fishing Monopoly. Oh, my gosh. Elvis Presley 25th Anniversary Monopoly. Hey, no, I could see where some people would want that one. Harley Davidson Motorcycle Monopoly. <laughs> Dog Artist Monopoly. Oh, my goodness. Green Bay Packers Monopoly. Nope, Powerpuff Girls Monopoly. <laughs> Hey, the Star Wars Limited Collector's Edition is on here. This is the one that I had. No, that was a dope (laughs) one. That was dope. It was, there's plenty of places. It made perfect sense. Forget you, uh, (laughs) boardgamegeek.com. Pokemon Monopoly. Nintendo Monopoly. What? Grillinopoly. (laughs) What is it? I don't think that's an official Monopoly version. Or Motownopoly. Motownopoly? All right. Monopoly, the milk chocolate game. Okay. Uh, Betty Boop Monopoly. Alaska's I Did a Rod themed Monopoly. <laughs> I Love Lucy Monopoly. National Parks Edition. A Christmas Story Monopoly. SpongeBob Monopoly. Ghettoopoly. That's not an official Monopoly. <laughs> uh, oh. Wow. Just. It goes on forever. So many. Yep. Canadian Edition. That one you're not allowed to steal uh, things out from under people because it's not polite. It's not polite. No. <laughs> All right. I hijacked your fact long you enough. You did. Go ahead. When, when random facts turns into a top list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Teddy Roosevelt volunteered for service in World War One 10 years after having served as U.S. president. Teddy Roosevelt, man. I can't imagine him as anyone else than Robin Williams. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Right? It's That's true. all you see now. You see the Robin Williams version of Teddy Roosevelt. So assuming they both went to heaven, I wonder what that conversation was like. <laughs> Good impression, boy. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't the third one come out? Third Ninth Museum come out after he passed away? Yeah. After, yeah. Yeah. That was rough. It was rough. Uh, okay, the voice of Elmo, which is actually Kevin Clash, Kevin Clash, was also the voice of Splinter in the 1990s live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. That's the one that we grew up on. Yep. Hey, speaking of that, do you know who the voice of Shredder was? No. In that cartoon? No. It was uh, Uncle Phil 
from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to have to go home and watch it now. <laughs> um, okay. The British Standards Institution. Did I say that right? The British Standards yeah. Institution has a 5,000 word report on the correct way to make a cup of tea. <laughs> Nothing more British than that. That's true. <laughs> All right. And lastly, about 159,635 people will die on the same day as you. So you ain't that special. How? <laughs> That's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. How many people die every day? Wow. Yeah. How do we still have space for graves? Right. Because more people are choosing to be cremated. That's right. That's what I want. Yep. (laughs) Oh, no. There are more creative ways to be spread. I think I watched an episode of, I think it was Bob's Burgers. Oh, gosh. this year. Where... Where the wife said, when I die, I want to be cremated and I want you to throw me in Tom Selleck's face. Oh, my word. <laughs> uh, that's all I can think about now with cremation. So, Who I want you to throw me and throw in their face. No, that's okay. <laughs> when, I, when I die, cremate me and throw me in Moe's face. No. <laughs> it's written down. It's in my it's will. Gonna happen. <laughs> if Moe dies first, cremate her and throw her in Matt's face. Gross. <laughs> That's inappropriate. So I found I out. for this kind of humor. What? Whatever. <laughs> After having that conversation that we had a couple weeks ago about being buried or cremated. Yeah. And then I told Chris that I want to be cremated. And he's like, no, we're getting buried. No, I want to be cremated. It was this whole long discussion. <laughs> and then I decided, you know what? Uh, you can be buried. But have you seen where they make like your ashes into a tree? Like you can pot and plant your ashes and then from that grows a tree i have not seen that but it makes sense Uh uh-huh be a thing yeah so that's what i want like i will be a tree over his grave because apparently he wants to be buried but i'll always be standing over him you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure they also make dual grave things where the spouse that wants to be cremated is just kind of oh really part of the tombstone it's like in there in a little urn that's connected to the tombstone. Oh, no. See, when you said that, I thought like, okay, they mix in my ashes with the concrete of the tombstone. Oh, that'd be That'd dope. be so cool. <laughs> Sprinkle in a little glitter with it. So you get there and there's the tombstone with a single grave, but it says two people. Yeah. Are they in the same coffin? No, she's the tombstone. She is the tombstone. <laughs> How awesome would that be? That would be weird. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Uh, All right. Have you seen those graves that have a camera connected to the inside? So the gravestone has like a little live feed of the person? No. The dead person? No. Yeah, that's a thing too. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. But it's for people that want to see them. So you can see like inside the coffin yeah. and everything? It's like lit up and you're seeing them lying down. Shut up. Face. Yeah. So I can watch my loved one decay. <laughs> Decompose. Yes. Over the years. Yeah. No. I don't think it lasts for very long. I think it lasts maybe five, ten years at the most. It's not going to be there forever. But because it's a camera that's now buried in there, I mean, it will eventually run out of battery life or whatever. But, yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to the best of Matt and Mo here on BackRowRadio.com. For more of Matt and Mo's antics throughout the years, follow our podcast, The Morning Side Hug, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can hear brand new episodes of The Morning Side Hug Monday through Thursday on BackRowRadio.com at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. See you again real soon.